It's time for Hour 2 of PowerCat Game Day. Mitch Fortner with you, along with Cole Manbeck and Derek Young, both from the 3Ma podcast. D.Y., also with Casey Online, part of On3. Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. We're three hours away. Kickoff from Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Number 25, Kansas State, is hosting the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Both teams are 3-1 and one overall and 1-0 and oh in conference play, and both taking down a team that's about to bounce to the SEC as a Texas Tech beat the Texas Longhorns last Saturday at Jones AT&T Stadium. It's time for Top 3 Storylines, brought to you by Manhattan Regional Airport. Connect to anywhere in the world with five flights daily to Dallas or Chicago. Book your flight today at flymhk.com. Cole Manbeck, we'll start with you, the man of the hour, the man that has received national recognition for his quarterback play against the Oklahoma Sooners, Adrian Martinez. A complete turnaround from his performance against Tulane. I mean, Deuce Vaughn said he played his balls off and also, you know, maybe quieting some doubters. Well, he was incredible. It was one of the better K-State quarterback performances we've seen in a long time. And D.Y. mentioned earlier in the broadcast that Adrian believed it was uh, the best game of his football career going on five years now. So you have to feel great for him. Uh, D.Y. had mentioned on the, the Three Mile podcast that we do, and it's very accurate to say that Adrian Martinez has been one of the most scrutinized players in America his entire four plus seasons playing college football uh, no matter what he does he's, he's always criticized whether it's good or bad uh, there's always people talking and poking fun and for him to respond in the way that he did really shows a ton of character to come out there when all of the pressure is on him and everybody's criticizing his performance against Tulane and asking does he still even have it? Is his arm okay? His shoulder from the surgery? He answered all those questions. We saw how special of a quarterback he can be uh, when his confidence is there. And he played confident in that game and just let it loose. Credit to the coaching staff, that conversation they had after the two-lane game with him, Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman, they seemed to unlock him. And they wanted the ball right away against Oklahoma because they had confidence that Adrian Martinez would cut it loose. And he did just that, completing passes downfield, running the ball, completions to Ben Sennett. He was special. And I think, Mitch, you had mentioned on our last broadcast, out of Adrian's 41 completions heading into the Oklahoma game, only six went for 10 or more yards. Well, in the game against Oklahoma, Adrian completed nine passes that went for 10 or more yards alone. Eight of those went for 15 or more yards, and five went for 20 or more yards. Uh, He attempted 15 passes overall that traveled beyond the line of scrimmage, 10 yards or more, and attempted 11 passes that traveled behind the line, behind the line of scrimmage, 15 yards or more, 7, 20 plus yards. Uh, and it led to K-State's offense producing 17 plays that went 10 or more yards against Oklahoma. On the year heading into that game, they had only had 24 plays that went for 10, 10 plus yards. And then K-State's offense ran seven plays in the game that went for 20 or more yards at Oklahoma matching the seven that they had in the first three games that went for 20 plus yards. Uh, Really special performance. And the the one thing that's really special about it, guys, is Brent Venables, obviously a defensive-minded coach. We know that. He brought a ton of different looks and stunts at Kansas State and blitzes and pressures. Uh, They were blitzing corners off the edge. They were disguising it. They were dropping their D end into coverage. They were dropping D tackles into zone, blitzing linebackers, safeties. They, they ran five or more guys at Adrian Martinez on 21 of his 39 uh, pass attempts. I went back and charted the game. On those 21 pressures of five guys or more, Adrian Martinez, 12 of 19 passing, 120 yards through the air, and then two scrambles for 62 yards, including the 55-yard game clincher. 
He was incredible at sensing the pressure, reading the defense. A special, special day for a really special guy on and off the field. Storyline number two, D.Y., back to the offensive line. They needed also a bounce back week after a poor performance against Tulane. And I got to say, they were impressive despite the adversity they faced this year. They were, and they did it shorthanded. As we said, Andrew Langank didn't make the trip. Taylor Porte is out for the year. Cooper Beebe missed at least two drives with cramps, just like KT Leviston did the week before. So you saw some excellent snaps, really. I think he played around 10 to 12 snaps from Dawson Delforge. If you had told me before the season that they were going to need Dawson Austin Del Forge at right guard for a couple series against Oklahoma on the road and they would still win that game. I'd probably call you a liar. Um, I was actually surprised that he came back and used his COVID year just because we have seen very little of Dawson Del Forge throughout his career since he uh, entered Kansas State from being a Juco, I believe, from Butler Community College from Wamigo. Very local kid, so it was a good moment for him and I'm sure he feels really good about his performance and he should. Even though Cooper Beebe went down with cramps and, and lost a couple of series, I thought it was one of his his better performances this year as well. But I really thought their best offensive lineman was Hadley Panzer. Since being flushed to right guard because of injuries, he's really turned it on. And he's only in his second year in the program. Last year when he saw the the playing time and the snaps that he did, it was actually as a true freshman because he was an, an initial gray shirt. Um, another Kansas kid. So Hadley Panzer doing really good this year. And as Chris Kleiman said, they're getting really good play out of left tackle KT Leviston. You know, suffered cramps a little bit in the two-lane game and lost a couple of battles because of that. But when he's been healthy... He's been stoning guys. I really like what I've seen from KT Leviston. And storyline number three, Cole. This may have been the biggest headline from the K-State defense in the game against Oklahoma, and that was when in the second half we saw a late substitution on a fourth down for Oklahoma, and K-State took advantage of that because, well, the rules allow that thing to happen. I think it was, yeah, it was a fourth and five. Oklahoma was driving. They were on the K-State side of the field, and I think they had an opportunity to take the lead on that drive and they were going for it. And as soon as I saw Venables make the substitution, Oklahoma staff put, run a guy in with about 20 seconds left on the play clock. We were watching it at Tanner's and I was hollering, slowly sub, slowly sub, make them at least use a timeout. I thought they would use a timeout when they saw Kansas State slowly subbing. They couldn't get the playoff. They get a delay a game. And that was a huge moment because Oklahoma very well could have gotten that first down, went for it and took the lead and momentum completely swung. Instead, they get a five-yard penalty. They're forced to punt. K-State goes down the field and scores. I believe they kicked a field goal, got back up seven as a result of that. It was a momentum swinging play. And it just shows, you know, D.Y. actually asked the question after the game in the press conference at Oklahoma to Chris Kleiman about that. And Kleiman's response was, that's something that they practice frequently, that they prepare for those situations. And it just shows all of the little details that go into a game uh, that this coaching staff and all the support staff prepare guys for in those situations. Uh, really a pretty remarkable thing to think of to do. It's easy for me to do as a fan to holler for that, but for the coaching staff to realize that in that moment, the players to slowly jog off and slowly jog a guy on, uh, that was that was a game-changing play for that five-yard penalty. So uh, credit to the staff and the, the players for executing that. Well, the K-State defense is certainly going to look for more headlines with a great performance today against Texas Tech. I mean, this is an offense that run the most plays per game than anybody else in the country. So the multiple times snap the football with 30 to 25 seconds still on the play clock against Texas. And this K-State defense will have their hands full today against the offense that loves to throw it. Our coach interview with defensive coordinator for K-State, Joe Klanerman, and it's brought to you by Becker Auto Trailers and Campers, wanting to pay less and still be treated the best.
Lease. Shop Becker Auto Trailers and Campers Supercenter in Bloit. Over 10 acres of inventory. Hurry in for the 2022 model year clearance on new campers or shop 24-7 at BeckerAutos.com. And here's Coach Klanderman first answering a question about what he first thinks about when it comes to the Texas Tech offense. Tesky explosive is probably a better word. I mean, they do a really good job uh, pushing the ball down the field. They have a good run game complement, I think, with it. You've got playmakers all over the place. I think they do a great job uh, creatively with the things that they do. They're a really good offensive football team. Looks like they do a lot of RPO. Yeah, uh, they do a lot of things to get the ball to the quarterback's hands quickly and get the ball to guys in space. And I think that's kind of the the, uh, the MO. And then they complement that with a lot of down the field uh, shots. So it's not like you're going to be able to sit on a whole bunch of things. You got to be uh, got to be kind of ready for everything. Can you describe how fun it is, or maybe how big of a challenge it is for you to go against an offense that's predicated on running the ball like Oklahoma one week and then switch to an air raids team? I wish we'd go against somebody that wasn't very good once in a while. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, that's the Big Twelve. I mean. And I, we knew that uh, when we when we came here that this is this is Big Twelve, and I, I think that uh, for a, a time there was a resurgence of defense in the Big Twelve, and I think there's still some very good defenses, but um, I think the offenses have struck back, so to speak. I mean, just the, the creativity that some of these teams have nowadays is, is incredible. And sometimes it's difficult with these new teams, and then it was the same case last week for us to really know what their identity was because they didn't have a lot of tape. And I think uh, Texas Tech is similar to that. You know, I know obviously the things that they did at Western Kentucky, but you know, it's a new new group personnel that they have down at Texas Tech and so it's uh, it's a challenge to get these guys early in the year. Maybe uh, more bust than you wanted and 34 points but how much solace can you take from how you guys performed on third and fourth down? I think guys just played really hard. Yeah, I think that uh, you're you're absolutely right. I think the, the the big takeaway is we gave away some explosive plays that uh, that we haven't given away in in just some one on one situations, which we knew that that was going to be a challenge going in. That was the plan is we were going to have some one on ones and and we had to win. And there was a couple that we didn't. And then you know they had a, a really two series at the end of the game where we were very conservative uh, with a lead that we just kind of uh, allowed them to get plays down the field. I don't want to say allowed them, but again, the guys just played their hearts out. You know, if we play with that kind of energy and intensity, I think we're going to be hard to beat. Obviously, OU likes to go really fast. They went really fast against you guys. Texas Tech likes to go fast. They ran over 100 plays against Texas. Is there any kind of advantage after going fast against Oklahoma and then now you turn around and play a team like Texas? You, you bet. It helps. Uh, it helps to do that a couple weeks in a row. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, we, we were prepared last week for Mach 1 and, and we got it at times and I don't think our guys I don't think there were any snaps where our guys weren't aligned which was a huge key to the game for us you know we thought if we got our, our feet in the ground and got aligned we'd have a chance and um, you know we've kind of continued that prep into this week because yeah 109 plays or whatever it was against Texas 106 against Houston that's uh, those are big big numbers What are the main things you stress with uh, the defense after week when you do give up more passing yards than you wanted? Uh, just technique I think you know I think we, we uh, had some technique errors that, that probably cost us. I think we had some early in the game. I think we had some communication errors uh, that we got rectified as things went on. But, uh, you know, it's just fundamental football. I mean, I don't think there's anything uh, earth shattering to, I mean, you can point at every play and, and say, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. It's not like we don't have a rationale or answers or uh, things happen throughout the course of a game. You know, sometimes uh, a guy does make a mistake and we're just trying to work as best we can to prevent those before they happen. I think uh, Coach Kleiman hinted at it, but you, get, you expect a lot of plays on defense. Does that mean more snaps possibly for someone like Uso Samoa who's kind of coming along? Yeah, yeah. I think across the board, I think that uh, Uso had a, had, a, had a, he's developing so much better each week. I mean, he's, he is uh, maybe one of the more 
talented people we, we really have. I and mean, he's he's something special. It's hard to take Eli Huggins off the field, but but yeah, he, he he'll have to be in the rotation. We're gonna have a deeper rotation at defensive end. We're hoping Nate Matlack can give us some snaps this week. We're gonna have the deeper rotation at linebacker everywhere. And I think we're okay with that. I think that that's kind of the way that we practice. We we distribute our reps in practice fairly evenly between the ones and the twos. So it's not like these younger guys or these other guys are not getting some of the reps or don't understand the principles. They just haven't done it as much in games. And so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of faces out there that you potentially could see. Do you continue to see progress from the back end of the defense and how does that manifest itself? We are, yeah. I, I think Kobe Savage is getting so much more comfortable. Josh Hayes. I mean, they, you know, when people forget, those guys are really four games into what they do. You know, they, they play with the speed of older guys, but they're really just still learning. The more comp- Josh Hayes has never even played safety until earlier this year. So it's just, yeah, every every week we're getting stronger, we're getting better. And, and that's just uh, galvanizing to have some ups and downs and, and still get a victory. What does Texas Tech do best when they're throwing the ball? I think because they have such big receivers, you know, they, they create some matchups down the field that uh, they draw a lot of pass interference penalties. They, they you know, on, on some 50-50 balls because of those guys are so physical at the top of their routes. I think because they are able to, to stress you vertically, another thing that really scares you is quarterback scramble with uh, Donovan Smith. And uh, I think that he is as dangerous doing that stuff as he is throwing the ball. And once again, that's K-State defensive coordinator Joe Klanneman with the Media Bank on Thursday. We'll take another timeout on Power K Game Day, and when we come back under further review, we'll get an injury update from Derek Young, and how about a breakdown of Texas Tech's offense and defense from Cole Manbeck. Stick around. You're listening to Power Cat Game Day. Kickoff is getting closer. Stay tuned. This is Power Cat Game Day. Prairie Land Partners has 15 John Deere dealerships across the state of Kansas that are committed to delivering the right solution. And right now, Prairie Land Partners has openings for part specialists, service technicians, sales representatives, and various management positions. If you're seeking a career with a leading agricultural company that offers competitive wages and great benefits, visit the careers page at prairielandpartners.com. Delivering the right solution. Prairie Land Partners. Chicago. Celebrating 25 years of Broadway razzle-dazzle. The Associated Press calls Chicago the most entertaining musical of the decade. Paint the town again with Chicago the Musical. At McCain Auditorium, October 30th, sponsored by Blueville Nursery. We roll on with Powercat Game Day, Mitch Fortner with Cole Manbeck and Derek Young. First-year head coach Joey McGuire bringing his Texas Tech Red Raiders into town to take on the 25th-ranked K-State Wildcats. And we're less than three hours away from kickoff at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 11.02, the official kickoff at the Bill. Let's take this time to give a shout-out to our affiliates across the state of Kansas. 100.3 The Ride in Colby and Goodland, Old School 107.9 Hayes and Gray Bend, and also Super Hits K95 Dodge City and Garden City. Thanks for tuning in to Power Cat Game Day. Still got under further review and Cole's breakdown of the Texas Tech offense and defense here in just a moment. But right now, Derek Young, let's get an injury update on the Cats heading into this game with the Red Raiders. Yeah, really, the only one we're talking about is Nate Matlack, I believe. He tried to give it a go in Norman and was just not able to play more than three snaps for the Wildcats. We talked to Joe Klanderman on Thursday, the Kansas State defensive coordinator, and it really felt like he was a bit more optimistic on what Matt Lack's chances were this week and his availability. 
Um, they'll probably try it out in pregame and see what he can do once he gets in the game and, and go from there, just like they did at Oklahoma. But he's certainly feeling a lot better, and I think he'll – he might be able to creep into the double-digit number of snaps. That would not shock me. I know some folks were worried about maybe Drake Cheatham, Julius Brents, two defensive backs that went down during the game against Kansas, or against Oklahoma. Cheatham didn't return, but both are fine. Both are available um, uh, and will be 100% for, for today's contest against Texas Tech. I don't think there's anyone else. Andrew Langing did not make the trip at Oklahoma. Not expected to play today either. All right, thank you, Derek. And that turns our attention to uh, the the Texas Tech offense against the K State defense. And and uh, Dy there mentioning Nate Matlack would love to have him on that defensive line because K State probably feels defensively they could take advantage of that offensive line of Texas Tech. Cole, well, I think that's certainly an opportunity for Kansas State. This is a Texas Tech offensive line that's given up a seven percent sack rate, which ranks eighty sixth in the country. Giving up 3.25 sacks per game as well, which is in the bottom 10 in the country of all FBS teams. So you can create pressure on quarterback Donovan Smith, the six foot five, 230 pound sophomore that took the place of the injured Tyler Shuck, who had started the season as a starting quarterback. Smith's an experienced quarterback that got some playing time last year and actually, you know, really flashed Mitch. Uh, he showed some games where he was really promising. They went down to Baylor, they lost by three on the road. That was a really good Baylor defense. He went 15 to 23 for 262 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns against Iowa State in an upset victory over the Cyclones last year, and also was really good in their bowl game against a really good Mississippi State defense. So he showed some flashes, but he's been up and down this year. Uh, you know, he was good in the first game, but then against Houston, he threw multiple picks. He's got multiple pick sixes on the year. So if Kansas State can create some pressure on him, and force him into quick decisions. I think they can force a couple of turnovers in that game. That's a real opportunity because it's a Texas Tech team that's tied for 106 in the country in turnover margin. Uh, you know, when you think of Texas Tech, no matter who they hire as the head coach, now they've hired Joey McGuire, who's supposed to be a defensive-minded guy. They still have a way about it to where they're just going to throw the ball all over the football field, and, and that's still the same. They hired Zach Kitley from Western Kentucky, uh, which if you know anything about Western Kentucky, he was the offensive coordinator last year and he was the quarterback coach for Bailey Zappi, who set the FBS record for nearly 6,000 yards passing in a single season and 62 touchdown passes in a single year, uh, breaking Joe Burrow's record of 60 at LSU in a season. Uh, that's still the same. 81% of Western Kentucky's passing or total yards came through the air. Texas Tech, 75% this year of their yards are coming through the air. They're going to air the ball out they're going to throw a lot of short intermediate passes because when you look at their numbers, they're only averaging 4.6 yards per play. That's 103rd in the country. That's actually last in the Big 12. Uh, they're only averaging 6.2 yards per pass. That's 105th out of 131 FBS teams. They're 99th in pass efficiency offense, and they're 112th in yards per completion at just 9.9 per completion. And then overall, offensively, 2.05 points per drive, which is last in the Big 12 as well. So, you think that they have a powerful offense, but a lot of quick short throws. I think Kansas State will bring some pressure, and I think they'll tighten up that coverage and not give such a cushion against these Texas Tech receivers because they're going to try and hit on those shorter routes. 
Now over to Texas Tech's defense against K-State's offense. I'm actually curious, Cole, to see if you've seen the same things, the same comparisons that I have. That there that feels like there are some similarities between K-State's defense and Texas Tech's defense. What do you think? Well, they're certainly improved on the defensive side of the ball. They brought in Tim DeRuiter, um, who's a, a longtime defensive-minded coach. He was the defensive coordinator at Oregon last year where you know they didn't have a great year defensively. They were 85th in the country in points per drive allowed. The Ducks were... Um, the three years before that, he was at Cal and was the defensive coordinator. They had one year where they were ninth in the country in points per drive allowed. So he's a quality defensive mind. I think Texas Tech's much improved on that side of the football. They're playing with some toughness and some physicality. You know, historically, you've been able to run the football and gash them in the running game. And this year, the Red Raiders are only allowing 3.7 yards per rush, which is 50th in the country. Uh, they held NC State, a top 15 team in the country, to just three yards per carry. They held Houston to three yards per carry. Uh, and, you know, you look at, you know, what they did against Texas. Bijan Robinson had over 100 yards. He had 103 yards on 16 carries. But, you know, he's one of the top running backs in the country. They gave up five yards per carry. It's nothing to brag about, but they weren't that bad against the run. Uh, you look down the numbers, seven and a half yards per pass allowed, 12 and a half yards per completion. That's 67th and 86th in the country, respectively. They're 65th in pass efficiency D. Um, and they forced some turnovers, 1.7 turnovers forced per game. Uh, so I think they're, you know, they're certainly much improved. I still think K-State will be able to move the ball on them and be okay. Uh, but, but that's an improved unit on the defense side of the ball. Well, last check of the line, K-State is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Again, it's 11-02, the official kickoff between K-State and Texas Tech. The Cats now rank 25th in the country. All right, it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's time to go under further review, brought to you by Midwest Dream Car Collection. See over 100 years of automotive history from classic to exotic supercars. Plan your visit at MidwestDreamCar.org, and let's go under further review. And there were some things going on in sports today that will make your brain fall out of your skull. And the winner of the Heisman Trophy. I think you can build an offense around a guy who throws like Edward Scissorhands. We're going to play a hell of a lot of defense. You blew it. Under further review. All right, this first question, let's start with Cole Manbeck. So the K-State defense total when it comes to TFLs against Texas Tech. K-State averaging about seven tackles per loss this year, but Texas Tech offensive line is given about seven or eight per ball game. So I've set the over-under at seven and a half. You taking the over or the under? That's a good number, Mitch. 7.8 tackles for loss allowed per game by Texas Tech, which is 118th in the country. Mentioned the 7% sack rate that they're giving up as well. I'm going to take the over as a result. I like the over as well. Texas Tech a little bit putrid at offensive line play. Uh, Kent State defensive ends could get Nate Matlack back. Eli Huggins is really ascending as a player and someone that Texas Tech's worried about. And I also like it the way Uso Sam Malolo is coming along. This is a defensive line that should be able to wreak havoc today. Yeah, what I do kind of worry about with this one is, you know, Donovan Smith, how fast is he going to get rid of the football? Can K-State make him hold on to it? The more he holds on to it, the more likely he is to make a mistake. I'm going to take the over because of the numbers and, and go with you guys as well. K-State did have double-digit tackles for loss in the first two games of the season. All right, question number two, and we'll start with the guy who was at Oklahoma to see that game take place, which was Derek Young. So the Oklahoma PA announcer wouldn't shut up when K-State was you know, about to snap the ball and maybe even and also when OU was about to snap the football, they had the light show going on, which was annoying. Take Oklahoma out of the picture. 
We'll start with D.Y. again. Other than Oklahoma, have you experienced a annoying or lame fan experience in college football elsewhere? You know, it wasn't me personally, but Penn State, there, there's been a, a lot of uh, stories that come out of Penn State when Ohio State had played there, where their, their, uh, their fans, their students would have bags of urine and they would freeze them and throw them at the band. Good Lord. So, yeah, I've heard I've heard that kind of story, but from a fan experience in the Big Twelve, it's it's really tough to beat. I haven't really heard of anything nefarious. In uh, I think this is my sixth year covering Big Twelve football. I haven't heard anything nefarious at all. The only thing that comes close would actually be from a media experience when we were at Iowa State, I believe, in 2020. I want to say um, no, 2018. Right, 2018. Yeah, yeah 2018, and the the press uh, press box, the the ceiling began to leak onto everyone's uh, laptops and stuff in the press box. So that was not uh, too pleasing either. <laughs> Mitch, just having uh, porta potties uh, in your stadium count as a fan experience uh, in Lane, like Kansas does? I mean, I think that's the definition. Uh, yeah, well, I could go with that. I could also go with Oklahoma State and the paddles, to be honest. I, I don't like that that's grandfathered in, that they're allowed to do that. I find it incredibly annoying that their students are able to bang those paddles up against um, the first row as well. And then D.Y., when he mentioned the Penn State thing, that made me think back to Colorado, too, when they were in the Big 12. Now, I didn't experience it, but I know that a lot of fans did experience it. Kansas State and opposing fan bases of them throwing, you know, beer bottles and whatnot at Kansas State fans. Uh I would rank them up there as well, but I, I fortunately didn't have to experience that. So unfortunately, I haven't been to really too many places, but I, I went to a random Stanford San Diego State game when I was on a K-State soccer trip. And I just noticed it, w- it was a lame environment, of course, didn't have a ton of fans there, but it was like fan experience wasn't even trying. Like no big third down call when when the defense is out there. Nothing, you know, too bells and whistly either. It was just, it was boring. It was lame, not exciting whatsoever. All right, and then the final question for under further review. So we go back to the Mizzou-Auburn game where Mizzou lost in overtime, but just two atrocities took place when you're talking about football. Harrison Mevis, who's supposed to be automatic, missing a game-winning 26-yard field goal at the end of regulation, and then Nathaniel Pete, who played at Stanford once upon a time, Casey saw him back-to-back years with different teams, He fumbles the football across the goal line as he's trying to reach for the pylon in overtime, and Missouri loses the game. So the question is, and I'll start with Cole here, what is the bigger football offense, the missed field goal or fumbling through the end zone? I'm going to say fumbling through the end zone, and here's the reason why. Look, I know Mevis is an All-American place kicker. You don't expect to miss that kick, but I just never trust college kickers in general. Um, They're going to miss on occasion. I know it was a chip shot. He missed. When you're running into the end zone, you got a first down and you're right there at the one yard line and you reach out with just the ball carelessly in one hand and drop it for a touchback to lose that game. That's that's a bigger offense. I'm a big believer in you never reach for the pylon unless it's fourth down. If you're at that one yard line, you're reaching for the pylon, that's a mistake on first down, second down, et cetera. Only on fourth down do you do that. Uh, so that's, that's a big offense and uh, goodness, as a Missouri fan, that, that had to be painful very painful year for Missouri I I know he has a big buyout and it's you know there's a lot of factors that'll go way into it probably keeping him tied down in Columbia but one has to wonder how much more uh embarrassment Eli Drinkwitz can sustain in Missouri before the seat becomes too hot to stay seated in it 
quite frankly. But I'll, I'll say the the Missouri one too for all the reasons that Cole already mentioned. I, I got to go field goal. That's your job, man. That's your job to hit that field goal. That, that that's why you're you have a scholarship. That's why you're first ring and you're an all American. You're supposed to hit those field goals. That 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 is your one priority. And a chip shot from 26 yards to win the game. I mean, he. Uh, I'm sure he's been in a, in a game-winning situation like that before, and most of the crowd had already left by then. Uh, so, uh, man, I, I, I got to go with Mavis on that one. Um, drop the ball. Drop the ball on that one. All right. That's under further review, and that's going to wrap up this segment of Power K Game Day. When we come back, pick six time. We'll make our predictions for the weekend, including the extra point because K-State is at home, and meet the Wildcats with Drake Cheatham. You're listening to Powercat Game Day. The game is just the beginning. Get post-game video highlights and exclusive analysis online at PowercatGameDay.com. Football season is here, and we know some of you have been waiting all year for it. Make sure your first stop before the game is your Manhattan High V, your tailgating headquarters. While you're picking up everything you need for the perfect tailgate, be sure to stop by their new sports shop to pick up all your K-State gear. And if you don't have time to shop the aisles in person, be sure to shop online. The new drive-thru pickup line makes shopping easier than it's ever been. Head to your Manhattan High V to get everything you need for the perfect tailgate this season at High V, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. The clock is ticking and time is running out. At Becker Autos and Trailers Camper Supercenter, we are selling and moving 2022 RVs so fast we want you to know the time is running out. The 2022 model year RVs at Becker Autos and Trailers Camper Supercenter will not last long. And when they're gone, they're gone. They are gone. Prices will never be this good again, so time is running out. Right now is the best camping weather of the year. And right now is the time to purchase a new or like new RV from Becker Autos Trailers Camper Supercenter in Beloit. Don't delay. Go to BeckerAutos.com. That's BeckerAutos.com. We continue with Powercat Game Day. I'm Mitch Fortner with Derek Young and Cole Manbeck. We'll get to our pick six predictions here in just a moment. Let's take this time right now to get to know a K-State defensive player just a little bit more on another level. This week's Meet the Wildcats is with safety, Drake Cheatham. We all want to know. Wait a minute. Who are you? Who are you? You know who I am. Oh, listen, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Meet the Wildcats. It's Meet the Wildcats with Drake Cheatham. First question, did you have a favorite athlete growing up? Uh, Kobe Bryant. First piece of music you ever owned, do you remember? Uh, A Chris Brown CD. (laughs) A long time ago. (laughs) Do you have any dating red flags? Not a good listener. That's a dating red flag for me. Is there anything that you happen to be afraid of? Uh, I actually uh, am afraid of spiders. (laughs) That is a common one. (laughs) Uh, Favorite sports movie? Doesn't have to be football, can be any sport. Rudy. That's my favorite too. I love that movie. Your dream vacation, where do you want to go? Probably uh, Dubai. That's a really good one. That's a unique one. It's Meet the Wildcats with Drake Cheatham. So if you were to cook anything, I don't know if you're a big cook or you didn't have time to do anything like that, but if you're going to impress somebody, what is your go-to dish? Cheeseburgers. (laughs) That's a good one. Now, do you have to do it on the grill, or are you okay with like maybe a skillet? I'm good with a skillet. Video games. Everybody's a gamer these days, right? I'm a big one as well. What video game are you best at? Uh, I don't know how good I am, but I'm probably Call of Duty. (laughs) Are you related or distant related to anybody famous? Uh, I'm actually related to Teron Lue. Head coach for the Clippers. Wow, that's awesome. How are you related? Uh, Distant cousins. (laughs) All right, I'm in between TV shows. I need something to binge watch on my time off. What do you got for me? Raising Canaan. And then finally, the big question. You got a couple of weeks of, a, I guess, a head start on everybody else, or at least a bit of knowledge. Who is going to win the Super Bowl this year? 
The Dolphins. That's a good pick. <laughs> Drake Cheatham, thank you for your time. No problem. And that's Meet the Wildcats with Drake Cheatham. Once again, that's Meet the Wildcats with safety Drake Cheatham. It's pick six time, our predictions for the weekend, plus the extra point will predict the good for Wildcat first downs against Texas Tech here in just a moment. But updated standings. Uh, D.Y. going 3-3 three and three last week. He's still in first place at 12-15. and 15. And uh, Cole and I dropping another game back, going 2-4 and four each. And we're both 7-18 and 18 on the year. But this is a new week. It's week 5 on the college football slate. And guys, let's start in the Big 12. Number 9, Oklahoma State is visiting number 16, Baylor, with the Bears a two-point favorite, 230 on Fox. We'll start with Cole Manbeck. Uh, embarrassing record I've got, Mitch. Uh, but I'll take uh, I'll take Baylor uh, minus two at home. Like the way the Bears looked against Iowa State on the road. Names think maybe they're clicking, and I think they'll force Spencer Sanders into a couple mistakes in this one. For the record, I believe I'm twelve and thirteen, uh, twelve and fifteen. Oh, my uh, bad. Yeah, uh, I'm just being a little bit specific here because I'm in first place trying to maintain the lead. You know what? I think Oklahoma State's record. Uh, it's obviously inflated by what they've done against you know inferior competition. I'm not sure they're as good as what we have seen. I think they take a little step back. Baylor starting to ascend back into that Big 12 championship caliber team that we saw a year ago. I'm with Cole. I like the Bears. All right, uh, D.Y., while you're speaking there, I, I officially updated standings. You're right. You're 12 and 13. That is officially locked in you have a five game lead on cole and i uh i wanted to be different but i'm also feeling the same you know the thing is like oklahoma state like they're they are that top team in the country top 10 team in the country nobody's talking about i haven't heard a peep about oklahoma state basically since the season began they just really haven't played anybody i, I just at this point trust baylor a little bit more to cover um a couple of points all right one more game in the big 12 and then we'll move on to other conferences Iowa State's a KU. That's a 2.30 kick on ESPN2. D.Y., the Cyclones will enter Lawrence as a three-point favorite. I actually like Iowa State. I think that they're hungry and ready to prove a lot of people wrong because they, they've had a lot of doubts about them as a program in the last couple of weeks just because they haven't looked sharp. They were fortunate they didn't get blown out by Moore against Baylor. That could have been a game that wasn't really competitive the, the way that they played. Kansas is not going to catch them off guard. The Jayhawks have everyone's attention. I think you see good football from Iowa State and they cover. Eager to watch this game. Iowa State's got a respectable defense. Kansas hasn't faced a defense like this. We hear all the hype around the KU offense and Jalen Daniels, and I'm eager to see how he does against this Iowa State defense. Um, I'm going to take the Cyclones to cover it. I think they're going to come in locked in, ready to go, even though it's going to be a sold-out stadium likely in Lawrence. Uh, I like Iowa State to bounce back and cover yeah, that's a tug of war, right? Iowa State's run defense against KU's rushing attack. That's, to be honest with you, been pretty electric so far. But Baylor giving up 75 yards per game on the ground, just 2.7 yards per carry. I, I don't like ever picking KU, but uh, I'm not going to do it this week. I'm going to pick Iowa State just because I'm just more of a defensive guy. And uh, we'll see if they can hold Jalen Daniels in check this week. All right, to the SEC, a top 15 matchup. Number seven, Kentucky is at number 14, Ole Miss. And the running Rebels, Cole, is a seven-point favorite at home. Matt, D.Y. and I are going to be the same on this, I think. We both love this Kentucky football program. Mark Stoops, the job he's done there. Uh, I don't think Kentucky's phase going home or away. I think they'll be just fine on the road. 
you give me that many points with Kentucky, I'm going to take it. I'm taking the Wildcats. Yep, I, I love Kentucky as a dog. This is an actual real play for me this week. I know they're on the road, but uh, when you give Kentucky points, they usually help you out and and uh, and win that game nine times out of ten. They're really good as dogs, and they're playing better when the competition across the field is a little bit better as well. So I expect a pretty good Wildcats performance. And Ole Miss coming off a game where they, they struggled against Tulsa. Yeah, and Kentucky has struggled to run the football. Well, that's because they haven't had Chris Rodriguez all season, who was their star running back last year, ran for over 1,300 yards. He had missed the first month because of off-the-field issues. He is back this week against Ole Miss, so I will take the Wildcats as well. All right, I want to mix things up a little bit, and I want to go to the Pac-12 and go with just two teams that are unranked, but are both 3-1. and Cal at Washington State. Washington State Cole, the four-point favorite, 430 on the Pac-12 network. Washington State lost a heartbreaker where they were up 12 with six minutes left in the game as a seven-point underdog against Oregon last week and um, gave up a touchdown and then a pick six. Uh, So kind of a disastrous finish for Washington State. Be curious how they bounce back in this matchup. You know, four seems kind of low to me. So usually that's kind of a fishy line, but I'm still going to take the Cougars. I like Cam Ward at quarterback and Dickert, the head coach of Washington State. I think they cover. I kind of like Cal just because of what Cole mentioned. Uh, I know I thought Cal would cover against uh, or would get spanked by Notre Dame, and they, they kind of hung with the Fighting Irish a couple weeks ago. And here it is, Washington State. I think this is an emotional hangover for them because of the way that you know they lost to Oregon. That was a heartbreaking heartbreaker of monumental proportions they thought they had that game one that's it's hard to bounce off the mat after that one i like cal listen washington state needs this one you guys mentioned the the heartbreaker to oregon that's a part of it but just another report thrown out there just reminding washington state that when the big 12 and big 10 decide to expand uh they're not going to be part of the party they're not feeling too great that was just more insult to injury washington state needs this one i'm going to give it to the cougs uh to win this one and win by more than four points all right uh (laughs) to the big 10 i called this the garbage game of the week on twitter indiana at nebraska nebraska one and three indiana three and one but nebraska is the favorite by five and a half points at home six o'clock make that 6 30 on the big 10 network and uh, dy i'll let you take it first not a whole lot of Logic behind what I'm about to say, but Nebraska's at home coming off a bye week and get to play a team that's not Oklahoma. So I actually do think the Huskers play well enough to cover. Yeah, and Indiana played at Cincinnati last last week, lost by 21. Um, I I don't think either one of these teams are good, to be honest, but um, obviously we know Nebraska isn't. Uh, I'll take the points with Indiana just because I consider both of these teams uh, kind of a I consider it's kind of a coin flip game. So I'll take the points. I'm taking the points as well with Indiana. My logic behind it is just I expect Nebraska to blow it somehow, some way. They're going to blow it. And then finally, uh, college game day there for this one. Number 10, NC State. Number five, Clemson. This is at Clemson. Six and a half point favorite for the Tigers. 6.30 on ABC. Cole, take it away. Yeah, I'm actually going to take Clemson in this game. I still feel like NC State's been as sharp as we thought they would coming into the year. Um, the East Carolina game, uh, they, they should have lost potentially uh, to open the season. Texas Tech game, their offense did not perform well at all on their home field. So this being at Clemson, I'm going to take the Tigers. 
just because that hook is there. I, I hate six and a half point lines, so I would stay away from the line in general. But because of that little hook, I think Clemson is the play as well. So if I'm going to take a line, and that's what we're asking here, I would take Clemson minus six and a half. But full disclosure, I think the best value is actually NC State money line because you'll get that at plus 200 plus odds. Yes, I'm glad you guys both went Clemson because I was leaning NC State. Now I'm going to definitely take NC State so I can climb back in the standings. Uh, Also because Devin Leary had a great passing performance last year against Clemson. And Clemson's secondary looks a bit shaky uh, after watching him play against uh, Wake Forest. So I'll take NC State plus six and a half. And then finally to wrap up, guys, the dreaded over-under good for Wildcat first down is back. Uh, DY's won once, and that's the only win amongst us three. Good for Wildcat first downs against Texas Tech. Uh, DY, I'll let you go first, is set at 15 and a half. 15 and a half, I'll go over. I, I really think Kansas State turned the corner as an offense, and they'll probably, um, if that's the case, then they should be even more effective, even more efficient against Texas Tech. Uh, I, I hope that Chris Kleiman stays to what he said on Tuesday and they operate a little bit faster because if so, that'll make it a lot easier to hit this number because I think he will, I say over. They've gone under every game we've done it, right, Mitch? Correct. I wish we, we, we might need to get rid of this then because Kansas State, when we didn't have to do it last week on the road, Kansas State <laughs> got 28 first downs, which was the most in a game by the Wildcats since 2015 against TCU in that game that, TC was ranked fifth in the country, um, so just had a ton of first downs last week. But uh, I'm going to take the over for a lot of the reasons D.Y. just outlined. Expect K-State to play with some pace in this game, and I think that's a pretty achievable number, especially coming off 28 first downs in a game. I'm going to take the over as well uh, be, you know, because, yeah, 28 first downs against Oklahoma. But uh, no joke, Cole, I was actually thinking about that. I was like, you know, uh, maybe jinxing them with their first down numbers with this pick. But uh, we're going to ride through it for the season just because uh, make it a consistent thing and maybe I'll ditch it in 2023. But that is pick six. We'll wrap up PowerCat game day when we come back. Getting close to network coverage, K-State and Texas Tech at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for an 11 o'clock kick. When we come back, we'll wrap up with what to watch for and our official predictions. This is PowerCat game day. Miss the show? Head over to PowerCatGameDay.com to stream and listen anytime. This is PowerCat Game Day. The doctors at Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center have been the K-State Wildcats, trusted team physicians for almost 40 years. The skilled and professional staff at OSMC are available for all of your orthopedic needs. Located at 1600 Charles Place, we offer complete orthopedic care from diagnosis, surgery, physical therapy, fall prevention, and return to activity to get you back to your active lifestyle. Visit us online at kansasortho.com. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, the greatest comebacks begin here. It's the annual Autumn Mattress Savings Event at Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard. Twin mattresses starting at $99. Queen mattresses just $199. Beds for Less is your Beautyrest Black and Serta Arctic headquarters. Free statewide delivery included with these luxury mattress lines. For a limited time, receive a $200 Amazon gift card with the purchase of any Beautyrest Black or Arctic mattress. Take your mattresses home today with no money down and no credit needed. Same day statewide delivery available. Hurry to Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard in Manhattan. Powercat Game Day's What to Watch For. 
We go home on PowerCat Game Day. Mitch Fortner with Cole Manbeck and Derek Young. And it's time for What to Watch For. It's brought to you by Spirits of 76 Liquor Superstore. Come get some of the good stuff and raise a glass with your friends. Spirit of 76 Liquor Superstore on Highway 24 in Wamigo. We'll start with Derek Young. Mine's going to be the Kansas State defense. And if they can kind of return to form and start to create some turnovers again. It's interesting. They forced two turnovers against Tulane. Lost. Didn't force any against Oklahoma one, but I think they have a really big chance to open up the game against the Red Raiders if they can force some turnovers and cause Donovan Smith to cough up the ball. He's kind of been prone to do that on the road. Just a secret one here, too. Malik Knowles, he's never caught a touchdown in consecutive weeks. Has a chance to do that this week. Yeah, I like that from BY. What I'm really looking for is to see if Adrian Martinez can put together dynamic performances back-to-back week. Now, I don't expect him to throw 282 yards of total offense out there and five touchdowns. But if he can build off what he did last week and show some consistency um, and really show that the, the confidence issues are behind him, which I think they are, that's what I want to see against this Texas Tech defense, with the K-State offense, some more downfield throws, just like he did against Oklahoma. And I'd also like to see Kansas State run him just a little bit less in this game. Hopefully he ran it 21 times uh, against the Sooners and is actually now averaging 15 carries per game, which is higher than any of his previous four seasons on average. So hopefully Kansas State can run him just a little less, do it more through the air and not rely on Adrian's legs quite as much. And my one to watch for is K-State's front seven, the guys in the box to shut down any sort of running of attack that Texas Tech tries to put together. And the offensive line is a complete work in progress for Tech. They're allowing nearly eight tackles for loss a game. That's 118th in the country. K-State's been really good this year of getting in the backfield and making some stops. Plus, the rushing tack for Texas Tech barely exists. Their average is just a little over 100 yards a game. So Roderick Thompson has been held to 42 yards a game. He gets the ball less than 10 times a contest. Donovan Smith, the quarterback, is most likely to run it over the two running backs that they have on uh, on the two deep. All right, let's get to our official predictions for this game. Derek, I'll let you go first. I think it's going to be kind of a funky score. If you kind of look back at the past, I know Kansas State has dominated the series, but there's been a lot of funky scores to it. Texas Tech plays so fast that I think they'll still get some points on the board. But K-State can pull away, as I alluded to before. I like the Wildcats, 36-20. to 20. I think K-State mostly controls this game throughout. I, yeah, I think I got K-State 31, Texas Tech 20. I think K-State covers the spread, and I think you feel comfortable throughout most of the game. K-State keeps it at two scores plus most of the time. All right, so Cole, that was actually my exact score, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump it up a little bit for the Cats, give a little more, more credit to the offense. I'm going to say K-State gets to 38, and they're going to hold Texas Tech to 21 points. Uh, K-State gets to 2-0 and in Big 12 play today at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And with that, that's going to be for PowerCat Game Day. Cole Manbeck, Derek Young, I'm Mitch Fortner. PowerCat Game Day brought to you by Beds for Less, Manhattan's leader in low-price, high-quality mattresses, offering the largest selection of in-stock name-brand mattresses. Network coverage in four minutes. Thank you for listening to PowerCat Game Day. PowerCat Game Day is brought to you by... Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service with 15 locations throughout Kansas. Online at prairielandpartners.com. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Don't get stuck on the bench with a sports injury. Get back in the game with the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. Online at kansasortho.com. The McCain Performance Series. 
bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway, music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids under 17 always have price. Get your tickets online today. And Beds for Less, Manhattan's leader in low-price, high-quality mattresses, offering the largest selection of in-stock name-brand mattresses. Stay tuned, Wildcat fans. K-State Football Network coverage is coming up next. Vanderbilt's has the guaranteed lowest prices on over 10,000 boots and shoes in stock. You're sure to find the boots you need for the job you do. Vanderbilt's carries all the major brands like Ariat, Twisted X, Timberland, Wolverine, and many more. We even stock Hey Dudes. And don't forget to grab some jeans while you're here. Vanderbilt's carries thousands of pairs of jeans in stock every day. So stop in today for the best prices, service, and selection. We're conveniently located in downtown Wamego. bourbon the one true american spirit and while every month is a celebration of fine whiskey at spirits of 76 this month we celebrate bourbon heritage month raising tribute to the water of life and the drink of our forefathers with bourbon sales bourbon tastings and special bourbon bottles on the shelves so come get the lubricant of true american conversation and make sure your bourbon is some of the good stuff at spirits of 76 celebrate bourbon heritage month at spirits of 76 liquor superstore in wamigo <laughs> 